stag is coming out in copper and it's going to be yes. it's going to be really really sleek Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 43 of the I Brew My Own Coffee podcast. We're the podcast for people who care about coffee, and I'm your host, Brian Sheely. Joining me today, as always, is my good buddy. He's my co-host. He's the pour-over periscoper and the snack food snapchatter, Mr. Brian Bikey. Hello, Brian. Hello, Brian, and hello, everybody out there in podcast land. And hello to our uh, two wonderful, fabulous guests that we're about to introduce in just a second. You may know them uh, behind the wonderful products from Fellow Products. Uh, you may know the gorgeous Stag Kettle. Uh, it's all over Instagram. Uh, you may even have one of the Duo Coffee Steepers at home, or you may be sipping coffee today from their beautiful Joey mug. Uh, we are pleased to welcome the founder of Fellow Products, Jake Miller, and their brand manager, Hannah McPhee. Thank you guys for being with us today. Thank you, Brian. Thanks for having us. And Brian, they're actually, despite the website and Twitter handles, they they are cleanly just known as fellow. Straight up fellow. Like, oh, yeah. uh, like a 2000 hardcore band, just fellow. <laughs> I like it. I dig it. You know what I also dig, by the way, just before we get started here? I dig the bow tie on the O. Sorry, if, if you guys haven't checked it out, hit up uh, fellowproducts.com and check the logo. Check that uh, bow tie on the O. I'm a big fan of bow ties, by the way. So, Thank you, Brian. Just, just so we're all clear here. <laughs> okay, so before we get started with the episode, we want to talk to you guys all about uh, some of the products that you guys um, have currently on stock right now. Maybe some of the generation of these products, how you got started actually you know, making these things, and especially uh, probably a discussion about Kickstarter, which should be really interesting coming up here. But we like to start off every episode by talking about some of the coffees that we've been brewing. And uh, so we'll put you guys on the spot. And uh, Hannah, can we start with you? Yeah. Can you tell us what you've been brewing? So I've been brewing a supersonic Concord. It's a blend. It's a 50-50 Ethiopian Guatemalan, and it's nice and uh, chocolatey with some orange notes in there. So it's a nice nice play off the citrus and the chocolate um and we're actually doing a promo right now for it on our site so it's it's been a it's been great and i'm I'm obsessed with supersonics branding so that's always a a plus too all right jake how about you what you've been brewing i am i am also brewing a supersonic coffee so the folks over at supersonic have been hooking us up the last couple weeks which has been nice we've been getting free samples sent our way um, and I had their Guji Natural this morning. It's an Ethiopian coffee, really bright, fruity, some great blueberry and melon flavors. Um, and I've been doing that with pour over, and it, it's really liking how it's turning out. Brian, how about you? What have you been brewing? So I recently got in a new crop Ethiopian coffee from Phil and Sebastian. They're Chile Lake 2 or Kayla Lake 2 or whatever band that you're in uh, and how you pronounce that. But uh, yeah, new, new crop Ethiopian. And I had had, well, have I had you know, novels, Adido and some, then Tim Wendelbo, we, we got one of those in cafe box, but um, getting into this film, Sebastian, it's just been crazy delicious. Like it's, it reminds me of, and I think you might've had it too. Did you ever that, that tea from song tea that tasted like cotton candy? Uh, the winter sprout. Did you get that? I got the different version of it than uh, okay. than yours. I think there were a few different versions of that winter sprout. Well, I mean, that was the first thing that I thought of when I was brewing this coffee up, which that tea tasted straight up like cotton candy. And this coffee to me just tastes like cotton candy. It is it's candied. It's fruity. It's just it's got so much to it. It's such a fantastic coffee. I can't stop brewing it. So I've I've been brewing that like once or twice, probably every morning. Uh, since getting it in so that's that should been my jam been my jam what about you all right so <clears throat> i this is this is odd so we've had two supersonics and now we're gonna have two phil and sebastians <laughs> uh because i also am brewing uh a phil and sebastian coffee right now actually i'm literally drinking it as we speak um it's the uh hartman uh maragoipe it is uh, a Panamanian coffee from Phil and Sebastian, also a fresh crop. 
and it's a naturally processed coffee. And if the this variety of beans, just, you've brewed this one too, right, Brian? So far, yes. Um, the the variety of beans is actually um, it's massive. Like I thought it was, I thought it was a geisha when I first pulled it out of the bag. And I've I've had this variety a couple times before, but it was it was huge. The the size of the bean is just massive, um, but really lovely flavors of strawberry and uh, grape and you know has kind of a creamy finish to it a little bit of spice um brewing it on the v60 today and uh super solid definitely enjoying yeah, those it. beans are enormous i think it only took about five beans to make a v60 <laughs> yeah that's probably true if i made the v60 one I, I i would guess it may not take very many so we've got the crew from fellow with us and what we normally like to do so i'm not sure who all um has kind of followed your all story or not. So if we want to just break it down, either one of you can go first and maybe just talk about your history, whether it relates to coffee or not, and then kind of how you got started in coffee from that. So maybe what your background is to get you doing what you're doing now and then um, how that ties into coffee and then how that brings you to fellow. The idea for Fellow, which was Duo, the Duo Coffee Soup at the time, started uh, about three and a half years ago. Um, and I was actually a grad student at Stanford, and it was a class project. So I was, I was taking a class called Launchpad in the D School. And the idea with Launchpad is to go from idea to company in 12 weeks. Uh, so really went from idea to almost Kickstarter ready in, the, in, the, in about three months. Um, and my background with coffee, uh, prior to Stanford was I was at caribou coffee in the Midwest. So I was managing their coffee business, doing brand management, portfolio management. And that's really where I fell in love with coffee and, you know, first understood the difference between, you know, light and dark and Ethiopian and African Costa Rican, um, and when I left for grad school, I wasn't sure if I'd ever get back into coffee uh, but I knew that I wanted to design a product and bring a product to market. Um, you know, and it quickly kind of dawned on me that my passion was with coffee. And I think with coffee, uh, I had the highest probability of success in launching that product. Uh, so, you know, fast, fast forward, second year of grad school, uh, had this idea, assembled a small team and, we weren't sure what was going to happen. Uh, and what's beautiful about Kickstarter is you're able to prove a certain level of demand, you know, before you have to cut tooling, before you have to really make an investment um, and pursue the product. Maybe as you're getting started, like talking about your background and, and how Fellow started, um, describe the duo if, 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 well, obviously you're able to, but if you want to right now, just like what, what's the whole idea behind the duo? You know, why, why did you even come to, to design a product like this? Yeah, absolutely. So it's, it's this whole kind of steep and release idea, um, trying to take the best of a French press and combine it with the pour over. So with Duo, it's a dual chambered French press, essentially, uh, with a much finer filter. So our filter is you know, over two times finer than what you'll get in a traditional French press. You know, if you're familiar with Duo, you know that it, it brews up top in the top chamber and you have complete control over the steep time, the extraction time, uh, you know, after four minutes or however long you feel, you just twist. And then that coffee passes through duo's filter into the bottom chamber. And what's nice about that design, the dual chamber design is that, uh, extraction stops. So your, your grounds remain in the top chamber of duo where your coffee's in the bottom chamber. Um, so unlike with the French press where you, when you plunge, they're still in the same chamber and extraction would continue. So you would want to, to pour out that coffee you know, fairly quickly to avoid over extraction. Hannah, what's, uh, wh where, where does your story begin and how does it lead up to Jake and fellow and, and where you are right now? Yeah. So I, uh, grew up in Boston, um, and the coffee scene in Boston is very different than the Bay area. I actually haven't been back in a while, so I'm not, I'm not sure what it looks like now, but, uh, I grew up on Duncan. So <laughs> my palate in the beginning was, I definitely 
um, loaded up on sugar and cream when I came to the West Coast. Uh, and then I moved to the Bay Area and started going to these small specialty coffee shops. So I lived down the street from Andy Town Roasters, which is a phenomenal shop um, in the outer sunset of San Francisco. And I just kind of fell on specialty coffee and realized how much better it was. And I had, I had no idea because um, I had no education on coffee before this. Um, and then I also have a product design background. So uh, I found what Jake was doing on AngelList. It's a, it's a website for startups to find like founding teams. Um, so then I got in contact with him. And that was like a little bit after the Kickstarter campaign and right when he was starting to build the actual team for Fellow. So I hopped on board uh, after the Kickstarter campaign, but before we actually uh, let our products out loose into the wild to our backers. So that was pretty cool to be a part of that. But yeah, that's uh, that's where I came in. So um, you guys are talking about Fellow, but at the time when you guys actually launched the kickstarter it was not fellow was it 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 was not brian and that and that's honestly a problem that a lot of kickstarter products right a problem that kickstarter products run into is that they launch a product and not a brand um so after we after we successfully launched kickstarter um we came up with the fellow trademark um to then launch Duo under and Stag under and Joey under and future products under. Yeah, it's interesting because if you go through and Google search, right, you, you come across, and we'll have a link to the original Kickstarter for the Duo in, in the show notes here. But uh, like when you go Google search, you, you come across uh, enormous industries as the, uh, as the creator of yeah. the Kickstarter, <laughs> oh, which yes. is, it, it yes. sounds really intense, right? Like, but, uh, but Fellow seems to be a, a, a lot more... Uh, you know, gentlemanly. And, yeah. Uh, <laughs> and the, so enormous industries, it, it, it was a joke at the time. Uh, and I, I just thought it was a funny name for a company. <laughs> and then we kept getting, um, inquiries because people thought that we were a porn site. Oh man. Yeah. And <laughs> you know, after, after, yep. after a few, after a few of those were kind of like, um, I don't <laughs> think we can be enormous industries anymore. <laughs> they would, they would look up Joey Right, and they would see that luchador mask, and they're like, "Yep, it, it just all aligns." Stag everything. <laughs> wow. Real quick, so Hannah, when you were in the Bay Area, did did you ever did you ever go to um, Caribou Coffee when you were getting into coffee? I didn't even. I don't think I've even seen one out here. Jake, is there a Caribou out here? Not on not on the West Coast. No, I. So you've never had a. A campfire mocha. <laughs> I've never had caribou coffee. No, uh, yeah, and then also like uh, you know, after my Dunkin' days, I've, I've 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 given up, I've given up that that lifestyle. <laughs> I uh, pretty much stick to the small specialty shops now. That turbo lifestyle. <laughs> so Brian, you have had the campfire mocha and all seventy grams of sugar that come with it. Oh, of course. It's like the only thing I would ever drink when I was visiting my, my wife's family. They were just north of Columbus, Ohio, and, and that, that was the spot yep. in town to go to, yep. this caribou coffee, and just sit in that lodgy environment and indulge in delicious campfire goodness. You guys, I really want s'mores right now. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so so we you talked a little bit about launching a product and not a brand so let's and if, if it's okay do you want to talk about just some of the the things that in in some of those actually i guess they aren't necessarily related to kickstarter it's just developing a product right but then you're you're putting it out there saying this is the product we'd like you to receive and then all the back end stuff kind of happens after that fact right before delivery yeah absolutely uh, so and i'm so i'm not an engineer right I, I am a i'm a marketer i've always taken other people's products and marketed them and sold them and i just thought at the time you know a bit naively three years ago that you know oh i can just dream up a product and, and you know bring it to market in six months um you know duo took 18 months um to deliver uh it took countless trips to china um I, re I remember the, I mean, I, I still stay there when I go to China, but there's, you know, like you're basically sleeping in the factory trying to 
to bring this thing to life. Um, and it's, you know, you have to set up a whole supply chain. Duo, for example, has, you know, four different materials, glass, stainless steel, silicone, and plastic. And, you know, you need a different supplier for each material. You need a, an assembly point. You need to coordinate packaging and then figure out how to get the products from from China or wherever, or wherever you manufacture to the U.S. and then from the U.S. to your end customer. Uh, and, like, to be completely honest with you, I completely underestimated the work required uh, when we launched Kickstarter, we had uh, I was the only full-time employee, uh, and we had a couple consultants who were helping us with with design uh, and engineering. Uh, and like, think Hannah was employee number one, and thankfully she came on and helped us helped us bring this to life. Um, but at the end of the day, we raised you know almost two hundred thousand dollars on Kickstarter and actually lost money. Uh, we just because when we priced the product. Uh, you, you, you essentially price the product before you truly understand the cost required to deliver that product, and we just completely underpriced it. What kind of things have you have you noticed that you have been gained from doing the Kickstarter? I mean, do you guys have uh, you know people that kind of have been following what you guys are doing, coming out with new products, or um, how has that kind of helped? I guess maybe propel Fellow into yeah. what it is now as a brand, and not just you know the from the duo. Yeah, ab- absolutely. If you look at like if you look at Kickstarter in isolation in a vacuum, just that campaign, you would you would say it's a failure, but I actually think it was a huge success. It allowed us to launch the fellow brand. Duo has a life because of Kickstarter. We have, you know, thousands of people who were a part of that campaign and still follow us and have bought future products. Uh, so you really need to think about that as kind of the launching pad, the springboard for Fellow, and everything we're hopefully going to do in the next few years. Now, how long ago was that Kickstarter? December 2013. So we're we're two and a half years from ago since that, because I, I I'm trying to recall what sort of coffee products were were doing Kickstarter then, because I I feel like I've seen more since then. Oh, there's yeah. kind of it seems like there's every every month or so every couple of months there's there's something coming up on there and there there have been some around the same time so what what did that what did that look like when you went up on the kickstarter where were there a lot of other coffee products around them do you guys have some some friends or other coffee products that you guys either have kind of been alongside or been friends with or kind of gotten some information from been growing with around that time and you know how have those have those been balanced uh, as as the years go on? Absolutely. So I think I think uh, Cold Brewer was just before us. They were either just before or just after, uh, and those guys have been great. It's actually been fun to see this community of successful Kickstarter products kind of come together. You know, hand ground brewer, manual, um, uh, ratio, Akaya. You know, Akana and I are, know all of those founders you know, very well from, from coffee shows. And, you know, we do have competing products, but we very much, you know, I think help each other out and try to promote each. We've cross promoted almost all of those products. Yeah. At this, this year's, uh, SCAA was crazy. So hand ground and, and, uh, fellow shared, we had different booths, but we took down the, like the median between us. So we were basically sharing the same booth. And then Akaya was, right next to us was like a little Kickstarter row. And then we were pretty bummed because Brewer was just across the, um, the show from us, but it was funny cause we were all hanging out together and talking about woes and what we're working on. So when you guys started with the Kickstarter, um, what, what did that look like? Did you guys do, I don't remember going back to the very beginning of when you guys actually launched that, that Kickstarter, but did you guys have like prototypes out did you have sort of like proof of concept devices that you were that you were you know showing off to people or was this really just like a purely speculative kind of thing that you had going into the kickstarter no the the brewer that we featured in the kickstarter video was functional uh it was you know it was it was uh cnc'd out of a solid block of steel like mm-hmm. we were able to make one uh, <laughs> you know, it, 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 it was a $7,000 prototype. Uh, and, you know, so we, you know, we invested in that prototype. Um, 
end the video and then, you know, kind of cross our fingers and hope that people would, would buy into this idea. And then after we got funded, the challenge really then is to go from how do you pr- produce one to producing 10,000 consistently. Uh, yeah. and, and looking back and I, you know, I, I've, you know, very thankful to the backers that, you know, have allowed us to pursue this dream. Um, but the, the, the duo that we delivered to the backers was our beta version. It's not the current version of duo that we're selling. The current version that we're selling is actually much better. Uh, we did, we got feedback. We sold 2,500 duos on Kickstarter and 600 people uh, gave us feedback and we incorporated that feedback into duo kind of 2.0, which is the, the product that we have for sale today. Um, so, so talk about that. What, what, what were the, the big changes that you got went from the Kickstarter version to the actual one you guys have now? Yeah. The, 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 the filter system is completely different. So the first filter was a basket, a two stage filter, a basket and a disc. And it was a, and it was a wire mesh. And it, it, there was issues with clogging uh, and um, um, like the lifetime, basically. Like it didn't, you know, I think it probably would need to be replaced every six months or so, uh, and didn't um, didn't do as good of a job filtering out the filtering the coffee as we had hoped. Um, so we actually moved from that that wire mesh to an uh, an etched cone filter. Um, like inverted cone filters, so this cone sits up within the within the brew chamber, um, and then with with etching, you you've got much more control over the hole size. Where if it's a mesh, um, over time the mesh moves around and stretches. So that was a big one, and then uh, the second one was kind of this the gasket or the fit between the top and the bottom chamber. Uh, it just is easier to screw together. Now there's actually a, a plastic spanner. It doesn't touch the coffee. It just is basically the threading system. Um, so you've got you've got the user has better alignment. So would you? Do you think you guys would do another Kickstarter in the future, or oh, is this yeah. just a? <laughs> Hannah, oh, yeah. Hannah, you want to you want to take this one? I'm pumped <laughs> for our next Kickstarter. I can't wait. It's going to be a lot of work, but I think we've learned so much from the last Kickstarter and so much from our backers over the past year after delivering Duo. Um, Not only would we do an infinitely better job, but I think Kickstarter is such a wonderful platform to get the word out about what you're doing. And I think it's, uh, it's a lot larger than it was when Jake first started. So we're, we're looking at Kickstarter now being like, man, I wish that there was that much traffic on the site when we launched Duo because it's, cr- it's crazy. I mean, if you see Handgrounds following on Instagram, they have like 45,000 followers and it's all from this Kickstarter campaign. So it's an incredible way to market to people who are very interested in this type of product. For us, we, we've just, over the last three years, we've just gotten so much better at building products and, and I'm just that have a lot of confidence in our ability to you know deliver a really great product on time. I find it really interesting when uh when companies return to Kickstarter after either having once been there um or after having produced a, a number of products already and then go back to Kickstarter as another you know another mechanism of getting a product out there. You know, you, it's it's interesting because obviously a lot of those companies now already have a following when they go back to Kickstarter. Um, but it, it feels like there's a little bit, well, I mean, from my perspective, it seems like there'd be a lot more maturity, a lot more knowledge, like you guys have been around the block and a lot more trust that people would have to actually backing it. That's, that's always my concern with Kickstarter, honestly, is, is, and I know Brian, you and I have talked about this on a couple of other episodes, but sometimes it's hard to justify backing a Kickstarter when you really have no no idea who the company is or what they're even capable of. Right. And that return kind of shows, hey, that that wasn't just it, it again, so so Fellow came out of the duo, but if Fellow didn't, still returning with another product at least shows that the duo wasn't just something and it didn't work. And so then we left it and we left all the people who were a part of it. You know what I mean? Moving on, making the brand, revisiting kind of just shows the 
stability yeah a fellow yeah. or whatever company you know choose to do that yeah there's less risk for the backer i think and you know there's 30 percent chance you're just not going to get the product that you backed i don't i don't know the actual statistic but i think it's close to 30 or 25 percent mm-hmm. uh, if you look at espro the the french press maker they've gone back you know, it feels like countless times just launching different sizes As for us i think we would need and hannah i've talked we've talked a lot about this but i think we need to have we, we wouldn't want to just go back to Kickstarter with like a smaller version of a duo. Uh, we would need a, need something big um, and probably something that actually would require additional capital um, because I do think it's kind of weird for an established company, you know, we're, we're far from big, uh, but for, to go back and say, oh, help us launch like this smaller version of duo that we would have just launched anyway. Um, so we're, we're trying to be thoughtful on the product that we, we, we bring to that platform. Right. We want to bring something that people are going to go nuts over because we love our, our Kickstarter backers from Duo are still sending us emails about things they like and new ways they're using Duo. And they're, they're really our ride or die customers that have just been following us step by step, which is incredible. And so when we go back to Kickstarter, we want to, you know, respect the beast and make sure that we're <laughs> providing something incredible for, for that audience. Now, talking about things that people were kind of going crazy for, I don't necessarily want to leave this and and not revisit it again necessarily in regards to the duo. But more recently, there's been another product that you all came out with, right? That, that a lot of people were talking about, and that would be the stag kettle. Can we can we switch and talk about that a little bit? Because I feel like uh, in both Brian and I too that that's something you I just started seeing. Now you guys didn't have a Kickstarter for that, right? That just kind of was that. Through the website yeah. orders, like pre-orders on the website? Yeah. So the way it went down was we delivered on Duo last summer. And then pretty soon after that, we launched Stag. It was October of 2015. Uh, we started, we did pre-orders on our site because um, folks were getting pretty <clears throat> pretty excited about the idea of Stag and uh, let it loose into the wild in November. And the response has been awesome. Um, and then we've just started selling them in stores over the spring. So it's been, it's been pretty cool to see how, how that worked out outside of Kickstarter. I felt like I started just seeing it pop up in news places. I just started seeing, here's this article about it. Here's this article. What is this kettle? There's this kettle. What's this going on? It's got this thermometer on it and look at this design and like this handle and where did it come from? What did it, what it, what was the inception of the, of the product and the design of it and just any and all things? I think when we were about to deliver Duo, we quickly realized that to be successful, we needed to develop a portfolio of products. We needed to offer our customers and retailers options and really think about coffee in terms of a system. Um, so then the natural next step was, was a kettle. Um, you know, I'm, I'm a big fan of pour over. Um, there's some great pour over kettles on the market today, but in my opinion, there's no one that's kind of hit that, um, you know, true American, um, design, like the kettles that are out there today are French cafe inspired or Japanese. And we wanted to design something that would look great in a, in a modern kitchen, uh, but also be functional. So we talk a lot about, um, trying to be beautifully functional. And with Stag, um, you know, it, it does have a weighted handle. The center of mass is moved closer to the hand. Um, it has that natural thumb rest, the built-in thermometer. Um, so we've, we've made it functional without having it feel like, um, like a medical device. Uh, it, doesn't, it, doesn't, you know, it doesn't have finger slots. It, do, it doesn't feel um, industrial. Uh, and it's, it's, been, it's been great. Like, you know, the first week, the first month we launched this, it, you know, it outsold Duo. It's our top selling product. Um, it, it's, it's, it's kind of just snowballed. I was not really following you guys that closely until I saw the stag for the first time. When, and when I remember, I remember the day, you know, I was scrolling through Instagram and it pops up in, in my feed. And I don't remember whose photo it was, but I mean, it was just like, I've never seen a kettle that looked like this before, you know? And I just, I remember staring at it and being like, yeah, that's definitely going to be a real big hit. And 
Oh know? yeah, and touchdown. So I, and so I started. So I started going through and searching you guys out, and I was like, man, you know, this is this company is legit. And so you know, I was really excited for the pre-order and and all these things that were happening, and and there was a lot of buzz about it. But I gotta say, like, I think one of the biggest things that really hit it over the top for me was that matte finish. Like, yeah. I don't, I've never seen a kettle, I've never seen a kettle, you know, that had that matte finish. And then since then, I've seen them pop up more and more. And, and maybe they, maybe they were around before that, but I just never saw them. That was one of the first kettles that I ever saw that had that, like, real striking black matte finish. Um, and just looked different from anything that I'd ever seen before. So, anyway, that I just wanted to throw that out there as being, you know, it it certainly was the design of it, the look of it. And, you know, eventually the marketing of it, I'm sure, uh, really caught a lot of attention. Yeah. yeah. And, and that finish was our way of trying to stand out in a sea of polished steel. Uh, right. You know, we still have the polished steel option. You know, without a doubt, the matte, the matte black is our top selling color. And, it, you know, and even so for us, it was just figuring out how can we make it, give it the look that we want, give it that nice true matte texture, but also have it be compatible for gas, electric, and induction, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, but was I mean, that a cha- was that a challenge to to figure out that process? Was it like a kind of back and forth, or absolutely? I mean, we spend between uh, our engineer and myself. You know, we're we're making six, seven trips to to Taiwan or China. You know, each year, spending a considerable amount of time there just to make sure that the products you know meet our our specifications. That's kind of like my Home Depot rule, by the way. Anytime I do a project, at home, I you know, measure it by how many times I have to go to Home Depot. Yours, yours is Taiwan. Yeah, seven, seven trips. Okay, it was a good one. <laughs> uh, so what about the marketing with, for, for, the, for the kettle? I mean, how easy was that? Did it just kind of take over itself? Or was it kind of a, a tough, tough sell in the beginning? Or how so did that all go? It's definitely... It's... It is and it isn't. So it's interesting. It's a lot easier to sell than Duo because Duo takes a little bit more explaining to people. You know, it's a, it's a new way to brew um, versus Stag. Even if you're just heating up water, you know, it's a stovetop kettle. Um, so I think that Stag's handsome look really does sell itself. But it's interesting because in the specialty coffee world, obviously no brainer, like weighted handle. Awesome. Like more balance. Great. Precision pour spout. Awesome. But outside of the specialty coffee world, it's, it's hard to explain to people what's going on and what pour over is. And so that's been really interesting is, is seeing the, um, the response from, from different demographics in different markets and, and what they like about stag and what, what they don't, you know, I mean, we've definitely gotten people that have said this kettle pours way too slow. Like, well, you know, that's kind of the point. Um, but yeah, Yeah. my, my favorite question is why does it have a funny spout? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Cause we go to coffee shows and we go to design shows and everyone at the design show is like, it's beautiful. But why? But why does it have a funny spout? We don't get it. Right. <laughs> and, and so yes. Just like, uh. Uh, so a huge part of a huge part of marketing stag, um, especially to the design world, is education. Education on coffee, what it's for, why why a nice slow precise pour is important, um, and that's I mean like that's the backbone of fellow in general is our tools cater to the coffee expert and the coffee novice. So we're trying to hit people that already have a million brewing tools in their kitchen and people that this might be their first purchase. Um, so that was the the challenging part about marketing stag is, you know, you're going into the experts saying, Oh, look at this precision pour spout. And they're like, yeah, 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 I know. And then you're going to the novices and they're like, oh, I have no idea. This kettle looks like something from outer space. But in terms of the press, I mean, obviously I'm, I'm pushing to get the word out as much as possible. But once, once one article came out on Uncrate, uh, Instagram pretty much, just started snowballing and it's, it's awesome to see how many people take pictures on their own and, and tag us in it. Um, which is, it's just so cool to see. It's our favorite part of the day. Hannah and I just like five minutes each day, we just look at like pictures that are tagged of 
of staying right. brings a big smile to our face. I mean, it feels great when you you wake up in the morning and you see someone in Korea has taken a picture of Stag and Joey uh, and used it for their morning ritual. What 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 I what I love. So the Stag was used um kind of in uh, Todd Goldsworthy from Clash used Stag um, to win the US Brewers uh, yeah. Cup. Rob Kirkhoff from the Netherlands also used it. Yeah, and what's what's so amazing is that they like we didn't give them those products. They like randomly found Stag, loved it enough, and said like used it in competition. If they just would have emailed us, we would have sent them like <laughs> yeah, have as many as you want. Oh, here, here you go. Take them. Um, good luck. But they like spent their own hard earned money to buy like the products and then use them at one. It was it was a cool feeling for us. Yeah. Now, I didn't get to see that since they didn't uh, they didn't stream that, I don't think. Or maybe they did the finals, but I didn't catch it. No. Um, did they just use that straight off the hot water tap? Because these they're non-electric. Yeah, they're stovetop. Uh, kettles, right? So so what did, did they just go straight from the water tank right into the kettles? Or I believe. what do they use for that? I believe Todd heats his, or at least for prelims, I know he heated... Uh, the water in a Bonavita and then poured it into stag to get a more precise pour. Oh, snap. <laughs> <laughs> At Worlds, uh, I think he's using an induction plate. Yeah. Can you use both of them with the induction plate or just the polish? Both. Or just the... Um, both. Both? Okay. Yeah, that's the one thing I didn't remember. I, I remember seeing something about an oven for the mat or a certain type of oven, and I couldn't remember if it you could use a plate with them. You now can, for both, you can now use gas, electric, and induction. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah that's that's something I, I don't have one of those, but I always thought it would, I, I remember going to Black Tap Coffee in Charleston, and that's how they heated their kettles. And I was like, that's such a good idea. I don't want to carry a stove with me. <laughs> um, so that's neat. Yeah, I remember talking with Brian about him, and because uh, I have a, a flow restrictor in my Bonavita, and I can get it pretty slow. But I remember just just sitting there, just taking videos and just watching back the flow rate of of the stag and just how kind of slow you can get it. Now I don't have a ton of experience with various other kettles, but Brian's got he's got several more kettles than I do, mm-hmm. so he's had a few more that he's played with too. It is it is definitely one of the slower kettles of all of them and and i think you know that is for me that's great i mean yeah not in a bad way this is a good way no absolutely <laughs> in a good way I think. Yeah, yeah. so here's here's the thing if if my wife were to to pick it up and use it to try to fill up a you know half gallon of of iced tea or something that she was steeping right she, it would drive her nuts i mean she would she <laughs> yeah. would just go crazy about it and because that's not exactly what it's intended for right i mean just to to heat up this water to pour over coffee is really the 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 intent of of a mm-hmm. kettle like this. But it is a great kettle and it and it's super comfortable to hold with that little thumb nubby. I don't know what you call it. Probably that's probably not the technical term, <laughs> thumb nubby. What it what yeah. is the part of the gun that we called it? It's the not hammer. The, the, hammer. the hammer. Yeah, so the hammer part the of the hammer. gun is like a similar similar shape or I guess hold. I pre- I prefer thumb nubby. It's cuter. I'm the weird one. I'm not going to lie. A lot of times I take my my pointer finger and I I put it on the top side oh, of the handle. And I hold it between yep. my two the two fingers. Do, do you know anyone else who yeah. does that? Yeah. Or am I just the oddball? No, th- there's three ways. There's the thumb on top, there's the pointer finger, and then there's the thumb around and with the thumb on front. Ooh. Ah, no, that's what I do a lot of the times too. Yeah, the thumb yep. around because then you could twist your hand a little bit more. Yeah. Exactly. Yep. Yeah, that's it. Now that I'm thinking about it. It's interesting it. in user testing, there's a, a pretty big split between genders and how they do it. I think it has to do with hand size. Um, but oftentimes, I, I, not many women that I've seen, uh, female baristas that I've seen brewing with stag, put the thumb on top. There's always some sort of wraparound aspect. So it's, it's cool to see in user testing all the different ways that people are, are adapting to the handle. What was the motivation, though, for deciding that you wanted to throw a thermometer in the top of it? Because there have been a lot of other very popular kettle manufacturers that, oh, by the way, just seemed to start doing this recently. (laughs) 
I know. I, I also noticed that. <laughs> I thought maybe I was the only one. Um, what what motivated that? Like why why the thermometer in the top? Temperature is important. Uh, you know, it, when you don't have an electric kettle that's PID controlled, where you can set the temperature, and you're just kind of guessing. You bring a kettle to the bo- a boil and then you know wait thirty seconds. Uh, we want we just wanted to give the user a bit more precision, a bit more information and feedback from the product. And it's it's very simple. It's it's just a you know it's just a thermometer, but it's you know one more piece of information that the, that you can use to you know hopefully make a better cup of coffee. When you were talking about the mat and kind of in, in the sea of other kettles wanting to have something strike, but just in general. What I know you mentioned kind of broadening the products that you guys have, but what brought you to the kettle? And then what kind of things were you thinking about when when designing a kettle aside from, you know, a mat, something that stands out? Like what what all what kind of what kind of things were, were going on um, when bringing this kettle to market. So Duo was a Kickstarter and then Stag came about because I, th- I think we saw this gap in so many French cafe style kettles and, and Japanese kettles, but not many American kettles. And then, oh, by the way, they're kind of weird looking and we want something that fits into the modern kitchen. And, oh, like we had this thermometer idea. So if all these pieces fell into place that had nothing to do really with Duo, um, and it's interesting because you'll see in the next year as fellow kind of turns into a teenager, we were passing through the awkward phase of having products that kind of match to having full sets and full systems that go together completely. It also came down to um, our capabilities. So if you think about Duo, the, the hardest part to produce is that the brew chamber, the 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 spun or the deep drawn stamped stainless steel. Uh, you know, we took us you know, 12 months to figure out how to make that shape, that product, those parts for Duo. Um, so going from that to stovetop kettle, it was still, I mean, the kettle was, was challenging, but we at least developed the ability to bring a great kettle to market in, I think, from idea to delivery, you know, seven months, uh, where, it, you know, Duo took 18 so it was, it was, on the one hand, an opportunity that we saw in the marketplace, and then on the other hand, it was understanding what were our capabilities and what product we felt comfortable bringing to life given the supply chain that we had set up in Taiwan and China. So you mentioned uh, turning, turning into a teenager, growing a bit. You've talked previously about Looking forward to your next Kickstarter. What? What's next? What's coming up? Or I mean, I don't know that you necessarily have to give out your entire plan of stuff, but where? And you you, ta- you mentioned sets of products, things that kind of align together. But what can people look forward to? What's What's fellow got coming up? And I and I I, I mentioned this partially because I don't know if I've missed something since we previously talked. When we when we initially talked, we were trying to get something before. Uh, at the end of last year, and then we've talked mm-hmm. about around SCAA, and I so I know there's been sort of events that have gone on since then. So we haven't missed anything, right? Any um, no. any big reveal of what's to come? No. And Hannah, we should we should have spoke about what we were willing to reveal and not reveal. Oh man! Oh uh, man! <laughs> there's been some leaks though. There's one. There's one that there's, there's been some leaks, which I think is pretty safe to to talk about. Oh, just just go. Let's let it. Let's let let's, it all. Out. It's going to be a big summer, guys. It's a big yeah. summer. Yeah. <laughs> um, so some of the products we can uh, be more specific about, and some of them. I mean, we don't even know. We we move pretty fast in terms of we get a sample back. We're like, ah, let's just go a different direction with this, and so then things just unravel. So some stuff we can tell you, and some stuff you know is probably going to change a ton. But the biggest, the one that I can give a preview of his stag is coming out in copper in a, in a, <gasps> in the middle of the summer. And it's going to be, yes. it's going to be really, really sleek. 
uh, we can't wait for this product. It's going to be amazing. Can you imagine how many photos of the Joey sitting next to the the oh, yeah. stag? Exactly. That's, that's just going to be. <sighs> yeah. Um, yeah, and we didn't really talk about the Joey, and and we should have. I just, I mean, it's a it's a beautiful mug. Go go check it out. Stop. Pause the podcast right now, or just go to the website. It's in the show notes, and we'll we'll link specifically to these Joey mugs that are just these beautiful ceramic mugs with this copper bottom, um, handleless mugs that just gorgeous. Every time I've gone to go to go purchase one, they've been out of stock. We they are right now. <laughs> it's so sad. They. they they are, but but here's here's the thing. Nine ounces is my sweet spot for a cup. Awesome. A, it, anywhere from anywhere from seven to nine is is perfect for me. So that I can definitely see where this is where this fits into a lot of people's uh, you know single cup pour over style brewing, um, and it just looks great. So so here's that, the that so update on on Joey. So we. We didn't know if Joy was going to sell, if it was going to be a hit. We loved the design. We didn't know if anyone would buy it. So, you know, so we thought we had bought enough product um, for, call it, 12 months. We, we sold out in a few months. Mm-hmm. And that specific shape uh, is really hard to make. It's, it's double wall. It's slip cast. Um, our yield for the first run was only 60%. So that means we had to throw away 40% of the products that we made. Because the wall, the walls caved in, uh, so we've been sold out, um, Hannah, probably for two months now. Yeah, two months, and we're trying to make more. Um, and I, you know, I think, and I don't want to commit to a date, but I think we'll have more in stock in August. Yeah, and then, and then when they do come back, uh, we'll have the the matte white and copper in the in the nine ounce, and then we're coming out with a twelve ounce size in the matte white and copper and then in both sizes we'll also have a matte black and copper yeah oh very uh, nice <laughs> so so like next sitting next to either the, the new copper stag or the matte black stag um, i think it's yeah. gonna there there may be one other surprise size in there but we're we're a little just know that joey will have friends and one might be a smaller friend well joey was on friends so <laughs> <laughs> It Speaking of sense, friends, right? Brian, my birthday's in August, oh. so Man. keep that in mind when those come back in stock. Well, then you sh- wait. We got we got more though. We got more. Um, oh, oh, yeah, yeah. So the, these two are. are we got to be pretty broad about it, but um, Stag's also going to get some friends um, that'll help <gasps> kind of complete the system. But it's going to be very different than all of the other current pour over systems that are currently out there at the moment. So that's going to be really exciting. And then we also have a tea product coming out for the tea lovers out there. Yes. So that's one of the features that we didn't actually talk about with the duo. So obviously you guys are doing some other products maybe to, to feature tea a little bit more, but you can actually buy a tea steeper for the duo, right? Oh yeah. Yeah. yeah that. That same the whole the same steep and release idea works obviously for tea. Uh, so we designed a tea basket that sits in the top brew chamber. Well, cool. That that is uh, a lot of information. A lot of really really cool uh, products and potential things happening on the horizon. So thank you guys for sharing. Um, speaking of sharing, though, you guys are also doing something for our listeners this month. Um, can you give us a little sneak peek into what that could be? Yeah, for sure. So we are sharing a special promo code for I Brew My Own Coffee listeners. So if you go to our site, you can get 20% off of STAG with the code IBREWSTAG. So, you know, like if you're brewing solo, I brew STAG, get it? Huh. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I, brew, I brew STAG all the time. I'm the only one in my house who drinks coffee, so it <laughs> works perfect for me. There you go. Yeah. So, and that'll be good, um, all the way through June. So you can take your time and decide if you want it, but it's a pretty sweet deal. So yeah. That is awesome. awesome. Thank you for that. And, and by the way, not, not only as an I brew my own coffee listener, you could get a sweet deal here, but, uh, you know, for another purchase, if, if you should decide not to use our code, 
you could also use the promo code supersonic and get yourself a free uh, 10 ounce bag of uh, coffee along with a purchase too. Yeah. It's a pretty sweet deal. I mean, that's a lot of coffee. Um, it is <laughs> for, for free. So yeah. And also supersonic's just so amazing. And if you live, if you don't live in the Bay area and you haven't, you don't feel like ordering supersonic, it's a pretty great way to get a taste of, of what's happening over here, which is, it's always great to, to see what's happening on different parts of the country. Well, we've, Brian and I have, uh, Brian and I have shaken our pom-poms many, many times for supersonic and for good reason. <laughs> uh, it's, we, we love those guys. They, they do a real great job. So very cool to see you guys partnering up with such a, such a solid roaster like those. I, I do. I just got to ask who's in the luchador mask. It's me. <laughs> I was, I didn't want to assume, but that's awesome. Now the other question is where did you get the luchador mask? Uh, the mission in San Francisco has many, many uh, costume stores that have a ton of luchadora masks we actually took a so that's not just you don't just have you're not a, you don't do re, you know wrestling on the side well i do but you know i wanted a new mask for for this day it's a different luchador mask yeah oh, we uh we try to get pretty weird with our photo shoots on all of our product packaging so next time you you pick up a product for the listeners you should definitely look at the side panels of our of our packaging and we're, we're getting weirder with the new products so yeah sweet I always like your descriptions too, you know the the handling details for the Joey mug. <laughs> like your firstborn child, Joey is hand wash only. <laughs> Can't put it in the dishwasher. Well, again, we appreciate you guys coming on with us tonight and just sharing a bit about backstory and Kickstarter and products and where things are going. It's it's always a, a great to have people come on and and share what's going on with what they're doing. So we thank you for your time tonight and. If people wanted to find you, be it website, social, how can they find you? Yeah, so we're on fellowproducts.com. Our Instagram is fellowproducts. You can find us uh, as just fellow on Facebook and then also fellowproducts on Twitter. All right, guys. Well, thank you so much again for being with us on the show. We we really appreciate it. Um, and again, thank you, guys. If you, if you are a I Brew My Own Coffee listener, and you are, uh, use the c- promo code IBREWSTAG. Uh, to get 20% off the stag kettle uh, up until the end of June. So definitely do that. Uh, It's a super cool kettle, and you know you will love it. Um, Thanks, everybody, for listening. Uh, You can visit us on our website at iBrewMyOwnCoffee. You can find the links to all of the things that we talked about on iBrewMyOwnCoffee.com slash 43. That's the episode number for this episode. You can find us on Instagram at iBrewMyOwnCoffee. You can find us on Twitter at BrewMyOwnCoffee. And until next week, everybody, happy pouring. Go find yourself a campfire mocha, everybody. Woo! <laughs> <laughs>